Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you tired of working nine to five? Are you tired of your dreams going unfulfilled? Are you still letting fear stop you from pursuing that business idea? Well, all that stops today. I'm Shawnee Sanders, host of the Girl Take No podcast, a podcast for ambitious women looking to ditch their nine to five and take the leap into entrepreneurship. Each week, you will learn the mindset, methods, and actionable steps other successful entrepreneurs took to make the shift from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and live the life they always dreamed of. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Take No Podcast. I am your host, Shawnee Sanders. And today we have with us Lillian Jackson. She is the creator, co-founder that is, of the Brown Skin Brunching and also the curator of Black Sisterhood, right? Curator of Black Sisterhood. And we're going to talk all about Black girl friendships, right? How to make them, how to sustain them, how to make new ones, which I think, Lillian, a lot of us do need help with as adults <laughs> on how to make, you know what I mean? On how to make friends, especially if you move to a new city. But before we get into that, I always like to ask my guests when they first come on this show is give me the story behind the brand. Give me the story behind why you and your partner decided to do Brown Skin Brunching. It's all about friendship, like you said, and creating an environment where people can gather together in a nice and fun, relaxing atmosphere where they can create those bonds and that sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older and Melissa, my co-founder, got older, we recognized that we struggled making friends as adults. And who wants to go to a networking event with a name tag and do introductions? <laughs> um, for me, it was a lot more relaxing and calming to be able to do that over brunch. Where you have good food, good drinks, and you're surrounded with a lot of like-minded women that -hmm. are there for the same reason. And before you know it, you've spent an hour with people that you just met on the internet. And afterwards, you're leaving with friends. And just... That, that that's how we got started because we needed friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so crazy. I, I feel like the older you get, the your friend circle begin to kind of diminish. You know what I mean? It's like when you're young, you get all these girlfriends, you got all these friends yeah. around. But the older you get, you begin to see what value of friendship is and how it's a give and take kind of thing in relationships. And it just becomes smaller and smaller. And then you say, like you say, you want to meet new people. Because I know for me, when I move here to in the DMV area, you know, I only have one good girlfriend is here and she has all of these people that she know here. And I'm like, man, you know, I got to kind of make my own friends, too. Yeah. And it's hard to do that. You're right. It is hard to do that. And with social media, you feel like your followers and you try to build your community, but you don't really know them personally yeah. and in person. And I think this kind of gives that one on one connection because we need human connection. Exactly. And then like, if you think about it, as you grow, you get older, life, mm-hmm. you go through stages in life. Yeah. And when you're going through those stages, it's great to have that one solid friend or two solid friends. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the friends that have already been through what you're going through? And that's yeah. one of the beautiful things about brunch 
is that a lot of the people will ask, do we break it up by age group? Do we break mm. it up by interest? And it's like, no, we break it up by we are all black women that <laughs> want to get together and have brunch. And when you have that big of an age range that's yeah. together, you may have older ladies that can tell you about what phase you're about to come up on. Mm-hmm. Women that just went through a phase that you went through. Women that just went through a divorce. Women that are just about to get married, oh, yeah. have a baby. And, you know, just having that diverse group of people gives you an option to say, okay, I'm in this phase in my life right now. And you're the person that I can connect with. Yeah. And it just gives you options. Yeah, it does. And especially if you're a younger girl, it gives you mentors. You know what I mean? Exactly. In terms of like career path. You know, you can meet a lot of women who are in a great careers and can help you get to the next level in yours. So I think that's really, really awesome. Let me ask you, was entrepreneurship always the goal? Because I know you have an H, a background in HR and I don't know if you're still doing HR as well, but was entrepreneurship always in your life plan, I guess, for yourself? So, you know, growing up, I think that we were all in my generation convinced by, you know, the traditional family on TV where the wife was a doctor. <laughs> the hospitals, right? Like, yes. <laughs> and, and you thought that that's what life was about and what you were aspiring to be. Mm-hmm. But when I think back on like when I was little, um, you know, my Barbie dolls didn't just play house. They were buying office buildings and they were buying <laughs> companies. <laughs> And so when you think back to like how you played as a child, I think that somewhere subconsciously it was always there. Mm -hmm. But because that wasn't what I was shown and what I was taught, I didn't realize I was capable of it until I actually did it. So I think that that's another important thing to have yourself surrounded with a diverse group of people. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're capable of or what your options are if you're only in a silo and you're only experiencing one one thing. So the answer is, um, I think it was always ingrained in me. I just didn't know I was capable of it. But I am beyond thankful Mm. that it's happening. Did your background in HR contribute to this business, growing this business and being able to provide a lot of value to it? Was that because of your background? Yeah. So if you think about it, I was in HR and Mm -hmm. one of the primary things that I started off in HR with was recruiting. And if you think about what we're doing right now, we're recruiting and yeah. you know we're thinking about creative ways on how to bring people together mm-hmm. and how to sell them on the value of what we do and why we're doing it. Yeah. So I think that was definitely very beneficial for me to be able to understand people and how to bring us together and and help to relate to them like, hey, we have things in common. Yeah. And who doesn't like to get together with food? Like food just really does bring out really good conversations. You know what I mean? And I know when me and my girlfriends, we get together, it's always over food. We want a good drink, we want some good food, and we always have a really good time. So when you started Brown Skin, um, Brown Skin Brunching, was it it really just, hey, we're just going to get a group of ladies together? How did an app become a part of your business model? It evolved. It, it just like mm. grew like wildfire where literally we we said um, my, my best friend in Virginia, she wanted friends out there. So we started a group there. And then mm-hmm. I was traveling back and forth to Los Angeles a lot. And so we also started a group there. Mm. Literally just so that I could have my group of friends in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and before you knew it, there was so many people that was reaching out to us saying, yeah. 
oh my gosh, I need this as well. And that's when we were like, well, maybe it's not just us. This isn't a Lillian problem. It's not a Melissa problem. This is something that everyone could benefit from. With regards to the app, um, just trying to be forward thinking. And, you know, there's so many women. We have about 40,000 members across over 87 locations across the world right now. And obviously we can't get them all together over brunch. So (laughs) how do we create some sort of environment where Mm -hmm. you can reach out to 40,000 women across the world and you can make connections with them? And I think that was always a part of the bigger plan on, you know, we do want to get together and person, but there's a bigger mission here on how do we connect everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And the app really does give you, give you an opportunity to really um, cultivate your community exactly. that you probably can't necessarily do through social media, you know, yeah. and be able to give better, more information. And so I think an app is just a natural, like it's a natural progression of yeah. what you and guys you are doing. It. And you own it. Yes, so you do. Cause we don't own social media platforms, no, right? We don't. And mm-hmm. that's a really big thing for us is that we wanted to be able to control what we put out to our members and yeah. facilitate conversations with our members and owning our own platform allows us to do that. Yes, it does. Why do you think it's hard for adults to make friends? Why is it hard? Because as, as a child, kids can make friends so easily. My kids would go up to someone so easily and me and my husband just be standing there looking like, look, at they just they don't care. They just go up and make friends. Why is it so hard for us as adults to make friends? Fear. Fear. Mm. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of not fitting in. You're afraid of what to say. So it's just a fear there. When you're a child, you don't have that fear. You're like, Mm. hey, I love your pink butterfly. You want to (laughs) play? But, you know, as we grow up, we have experiences, you know, we have good ones, bad ones. And from that, you know, you you get that fear and and you're afraid of rejection. Um, And and that that hinders us, that, yeah. that rejection right there and that fear. So that's why if you have a good platform, a good circle of people that you can come to, mm-hmm. it really reduces that fear. Yeah, it does. You know, you know, so much is going on in the media today when it comes to and I know you've seen on social media when it comes to you know, these younger, and I look at it as the younger generation and how they're just friendships are so shaky and they're not authentic and, you know, they're being set up and I'm looking at all this stuff that's trending. And I always think about, man, you know, me and my friends would never, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm older. And so I'm like, me and my friends would never turn on each other. What do you think is happening with friendships now in this generation? Social media, if you think about it, people aren't making those genuine connections where you're Mm -hmm. actually getting to know people. Back in my day, you know, you knew the mama, you knew the dad, you knew the brother, you you knew the dog. And I think that's an element that's missing is that people have taken a little bit of the human touch Mm -hmm. out of building genuine relationships because they're relying so much on social media and forgetting that picking up the phone, seeing your friends in person, shaking hands, hugging. Those are all important things to help build that bond and and make sure you're not getting set up when you go to Mexico, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so sad to watch. You know, you're so right. Social media has really put us in a place of solitude, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was at a friend's, um, she did a Christmas party over Christmas and she had a lot of women over and she had the younger women over as well. And they saw all of us older women together and they were so amazed by it because they feel like, you know, our generation don't really build community like this. She said, mm-hmm. you know, because we feel like being strong means being 
solo, being by yourself. That's what strength yeah. is, where we think strength is in numbers, you know, mm-hmm. as we build off one another. And it's, so it's such a cultural difference with this social media generation versus the generation we grew up in, because you're right, we was outside. We had to go outside and play. Yeah. We had to, yeah. we had, you know, what's so funny. And I'm going off topic for a second, <laughs> but I just <laughs> want to kind of see if you agree. I, I realized that we created games to play outside, right? Yes. And if you think about it today, these kids don't have any new games that they play outside. They really just play the old games that we play. All their games are on their tablets. Yes. So it's creating that generation of, I don't want to be outside and play. I want to do this. You know what I mean? Only friends I'm going to make is the ones that I have in school or the play dates that my mom take me to. Yeah. And I worry about that. So I, I actually have a daughter that'll be 21 this year. Oh, wow. You don't look like you got a daughter that's 21. I you know, that black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> but I was telling her, you know, that it's so it's so different and that I'm actually worried about her generation. Yeah. Because if you think about it, our generation, we we didn't have anything. We didn't have technology. Mm-hmm. We had to go outside and play. Mm-hmm. And it was like our generation took that and we were innovative. And now you have things like social media because we wanted to connect with more friends while we were yeah. playing outside. Yeah. And it's almost like that was taken to the to the like back end so is it like gonna skip a generation where this one is just gonna chill right because Mm -hmm. they're just gonna use all of the inventions from the generation before Mm -hmm. and then the generation after them are gonna be like okay now we have to come back in and refine some things and make things better yeah but I'm just curious to see how that pans out to see what they're able to create and build from that this generation I'm, I'm very curious to see that too because like I said they so they're so isolated. So it's just like, I don't know how you go. I look at my niece and I'm like, why don't you have friends that you're living with? I like, I live with all my friends growing up in college. And, and she was like, Oh, we all doing our own thing. And I'm like, okay, is that how you guys do it? But you know, it seems like, let me ask you this. When it comes to the brown skin brunch, do you see what's the age of, do you see more younger women coming in or do you see more older women that are more so joining the community? It, it's a variety, but the mm. average age, um, we just started looking into demographics to understand who our user base was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the average age is about, what, 31 to 45. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't call that older yet because no. <laughs> that's my age range. But we are definitely grateful every time we have those women that join, join us that are yeah. in the 65 plus because they have so much knowledge that yeah. they bring to the table. They do. They have a lot of knowledge that we can all learn from. I love sitting around with, um, you know, women who are much older than me that have a lot more life experience yes. and yes. that can really teach you some things in marriage, relationships and family and kids and stuff. So that's really helpful. What has been some of the challenges starting this company? What has been some of your challenges? Oh, the biggest challenge is funding. Mm. Um, we don't always. always have access to some mm-hmm. of the resources that our counterparts do. And they're yeah. doing the exact same things. And I've seen some social groups that have raised millions of dollars. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and they have less than what we have as far as our community. But the good thing about that is that it has taught me resilience mm-hmm. and how to be quick and nimble. And I am so much smarter and more educated now on what it takes to start and maintain a business than when I started, because I've had to, you know, self-fund it, figure out how I'm going to make payroll, how I'm going to build a website, how I'm going to build an app, how I'm going to do tech support. And, um, you know, the, the struggle is real. 
But being able to go through it, you can't get over on me now because I know all of the processes and how to build this stuff. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm finally given that opportunity and someone is willing to take a chance and give us that funding, you know, I I can run an amazing company because I know every ounce of the back end myself. Yeah. Why is it still that that gap in raising funding and seed funding. And because I've been, I'm, I'm a big, huge tech fan and I work in tech as well. So it's always been amazing to me how, how hard it is for African-Americans to raise money mm-hmm. in the tech field. And I still, and I'm still amazed to this day. I'm like, we're, we have such major purchasing power in this country, you yeah. know? And so it's like, why wouldn't people take more opportunities or more, um, get more opportunities to invest in, you know, black owned tech companies. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is still? Because we're not in proximity to the right people. Mm -hmm. I went to a conference and on a stage, that was one of the questions. And the Mm -hmm. guy said that you just have to be in the right proximity of the people that can get you what you need. And a lot of times we are not in those circles and in that proximity of the people that can say yes. And we don't know how to ask. And one of the things that they were talking about is that you get in the room and you get a small yes from someone. And that small yes can be, yes, I'll get on the phone with you. Mm-hmm. And then you keep asking for bigger yeses until you can get that million dollars. Yeah. But we got to be in the room first. We have to actually have access to those people that we can ask for things. And that right there is a, is a gap for us. Yeah, that's a, that's a big gap. Let me ask you, so did you have to... Did you come in with some technical knowledge or did you have to kind of learn on your way and learn by doing? Here we go. You know where my my, my technical knowledge came from? <laughs> MySpace. Did you ever go to MySpace? What? <laughs> <laughs> I remember building my MySpace page. Yes. Kids these days will never know that you had to build Don't. your own social media page. So if you think about that right there, that little thing right there where back in the day where we were trying to figure out how to build our own MySpace page, <laughs> it translates over into today and the resilience that our generation have mm-hmm. One that if we can't afford it, we're going to figure out how to do it, how to build it and how to make it happen we're going to make it, we're going to just piece it together until we figure it out. And that is basically what we did. You know, we, we started with a little bitty page and now it's grown into an app and we pieced it together until we made it. Oh my God. I can't believe you mentioned MySpace. Yes. That has really taken me back and we really did have to build that page. Yes. We yes. really did. And we didn't know anything about it. It was our first, it was the first thing for us. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> So let's talk about the app. Let's talk about how the app works. So tell me about how it works. Yes. So the app is available on the Google Play Store and the Apple Store Mm -hmm. where you're able to download the app for free. And once you're inside the app, you have the opportunity to connect with women across the world. We have Mm -hmm. the app broken down into different cities so that you can pick a city that's close to you. Or if you're a world traveler, just join all of the groups and you can connect (laughs) with everyone And within the app, that is where we also post all of our events and you're able to DM people and post on a forum, post your pictures and things like that. Um, But the app is just a great place to connect in a safe space where you know that it's all women that are there to brunch Mm -hmm. and see your upcoming events and come see us in person. Uh, (laughs) We want you to get off the app and come in person as well. But if you can't, that's a great way to connect and meet people. That's really good. What are the cities? How many cities do you guys have actual um, 
communities in? 87. 87. Wow. Yes. And that includes um, a group over in London, Paris, Grenada, really? Toronto, Mississauga. Um, and then, you know, a host of locations across the U.S., that that's absolutely amazing. Were you guys just like shocked to see how well received it's been by women? I think overwhelmed, grateful, and you know, just all of those wonderful feelings of joy mm-hmm. just to see every single month how we're impacting women and bringing them together and helping them to build their networks and their communities so that in the future, if there are opportunities that they want or need, they have yeah. a place to go to. Um, So just overjoyed just seeing the reception across the world. How do you create balance being a mom, having this app, this full time business? I don't know if you're still in HR. It was like, how do you balance it all? Uh, Because entrepreneurship is a very demanding, demanding place to be. The biggest thing is, you know, trusting the people that are around you to be able to do what they say they're going to deliver on. Mm -hmm. So while we wear a lot of hats, I think the biggest thing when you're in entrepreneurship is recognizing when you need to start taking those hats off and bringing on people to help you out. We have been blessed. We have over 100 ambassadors across the world that make this thing happen. And it is because of our community within the community that we're able to operate this on our scarce budget (laughs) and make it happen every month. Um, But it's definitely a balance. We work seven days a week tirelessly because we're on a mission to make sure that we're building the best platform possible Mm -hmm. with the hopes that maybe one day we do get to, you know, chill out some. But (laughs) it's definitely a lot. And we just work tirelessly seven days a week to make it happen. I know. Tell me about the ambassador program. Like how do one get that started? Do you have to be in a city that don't currently have one of the... So two parts. Um, mm-hmm. One, we do have some cities that have multiple ambassadors. You know, okay. a lot of hands make for light work. Mm-hmm. So um, if there is an ambassador in that city already, we encourage them to go to brunch, connect with them, because we really allow the ambassadors to run their cities. So oh, it would awesome. be up to them if they wanted some sort of co-host to come along with them. In cities that we don't exist in, then a member can just let us know, hey, I'm interested. I need this in my city. How can I start? And we'll basically take them through a process, explain to them what the role is and Mm -hmm. what it all entails, because it's a lot of work. Um, Our members, they go hard for us. (laughs) And (laughs) that, that requires a lot of, you know, communication within the app and talking to them. And then after all of those things, if they're still interested, then we take them through onboarding and teach them all about how to have brunch. (laughs) I love it. You know, do you think it's been successful because we crave as women, as black women, we crave deeper connections with one another? Because it's 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 very popular. I, I mean, listening to you now, I'm like, and like I said, I started following the page and I was just so amazed by it when I started following. I was like, oh, my God, I have mm-hmm. to connect with this. I have to get a part. I didn't know if they had one in D.C. or not. I was like, I have to join this one. Yes. And yes. so do you think part of the success also is that we crave that deeper connection outside of social media? We do. But you know what we also crave even more? We also crave seeing one another be successful. And when we hear about another black woman that's doing something positive that can impact other black women, 
we get together and we will support each other really, mm-hmm. really well. So I think the that, you know, just like you said, that deeper connection and being a part of that community, but also despite what people say about Black women and being catty and all of those things, the bigger picture, that's not true. What mm-hmm. I've seen in Black women is that we support one another and that we want to see one another be successful. And when you bring enough of us together, this right here is what you get. You know, I, I want to talk about that, too, because that is that stigma on black women is that we don't know how to support each other, that we always fighting each other. Either we're fighting each other for a man, we're fighting each other for in the corporate position. You know, they, they really put that stigma on us where you like you said, it's not true. We do support each other. For we some do. reason, they don't see it. What they see is a Western reality TV and they see women fighting right. and being right. catty. You know what I mean? But where does that come from? Why is that stigma on us? And I feel like it's been on us for a very long time. It has. And that's that's unfortunate because, mm-hmm. you know, you do have some relationships that go bad, but that's not just black women. That's any person, that's whether anybody. you're a man, woman or whatever the case may be. And it's just unfortunate that that's been the narrative that's been told about us because we're so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always had positive experiences with women, but I'm also grown enough to know that if my experience with you isn't positive, I know how to step away exactly. and send you on your way so that it doesn't <laughs> have to be a caddy experience. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. And I hope from this that we can help change the narrative, because how else do you get 40,000 women to connect over a simple concept of brunch if we don't support one another? If we don't support one another, you're exactly right. And uh, like I said, we do love to see each other other strive. I just did an interview with um, Jessica Wilson. She has a book called It's Always Been Ours, and it's about Black women, rewriting the history of Black women's bodies. And Mm -hmm. we talked about how we're often imitated, but rarely celebrated. Yeah. And then when you think about when we do celebrate ourselves like Black Girls Rock, people get so upset. Why do people get upset when we have things like brown skin brunch just for us, right? Mm-hmm. And we celebrate ourselves. Why do why you think it angers other people when we find happiness and joy in our lives? Yeah, you know, it, we get that a lot too, or we'll get the nasty messages saying that if there was a white skin brunch in yeah. that, there would be a problem. And I always say, well, this is the problem. The fact that you don't understand the why behind why we need this space, that that's still the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think we're a long ways off for people understanding the why. But I'm thankful that we as a people recognize that we needed our own communities because we weren't getting ahead in the bigger community. So to see all of these smaller subsections that have come across and that we have not broken because they're trying to disband us because they're mm-hmm. trying to say that it's not right. I think it makes us stronger. And I'm proud of us for holding our ground to say, no, you know what? I'm sorry that you don't understand why we need this, but we do. And yep. so we're going to continue <laughs> on. Um, I can't educate the world, but what I can do is stay strong with the people that do understand why we need it and continue to grow. Yeah. And I, and I, I love it. You know, like I said, I support, I tell people all the time, I know this cliche, but I do support everything black. I really do. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a black woman in tech, which is a lot of times I walk in the room and I'm the only African-American and only black and only woman in the room, you know, especially Mm -hmm. black woman in the room. So I support us in every space that we definitely try to be in. What are some of the key characteristics of your app that you think will, that stand out most to your, to your members? 
I think that knowing that it was created for us and by us is Mm -hmm. definitely key to know that when we when we were release things and we put things into it, we're thinking about us. We we have our demographic in mind of how this can serve you and make yeah. life better for you. And ultimately, I want a platform where it doesn't just benefit me, it benefits all Black women. And yeah. as we're growing that community, eventually I want to be able to promote other Black businesses to say, hey, here's a platform where you can reach 40,000 women that want to support you. Um, and another key thing is just knowing that we're going to be there. So no yeah. one else owns us and we're working hard every day to make sure that they have a place to go. No one's going to shadow ban you. No one's going to block your messages. Um, <laughs> that's true. Because it's ours. So Deactivate I think your page. Right, right. We're not, <laughs> we're not deactivating people. Yeah. So I think that's just the key thing right there, knowing that it was created for us, by us. And, you know, you have a platform to express yourself and be yourself in a positive manner and no one's going to judge you. Where do you see the app evolving to? Like, where where are you guys at in stages? Like, I know apps, you know, um, release different iterations. Where you guys are in your stage of your app right now? So we are still, it's not where I would want it to be. It's functional. Um, it's <laughs> but you're out of beta though, right? Yeah, we're out of beta. It, okay. It's actually fully working. Um, mm-hmm. All of the features are there. But there are like some fun things that I like to see in the app that we're currently working on with, you know, th- just things on how people can connect in real time yeah. so that they can get together and be able to ge- geography um, see people with geography wise, like mm-hmm. if you were to go on a map and see who's close to you, maybe your yeah. friend is around the corner having brunch right now and you want to pop over. Um, mm-hmm. So just being able to get some of those fun features so that we we can elevate how we're able to make connections with one another. I think that's awesome. It's, it's always fun to see how things evolve over time in terms of like one, the way you may be thinking the app is going to go and then all of a sudden it takes a completely different right. route, but it's a better experience for your customers and for your members. Exactly. And it's all about getting to know them and what they need. And, you know, as we're learning and taking the feedback, those are things that we can implement in the future. How does one find out about Brown Skin Brunching? And like when early on, did was it more so word of mouth or was it, hey, we really push a big digital marketing campaign? How do you hear about it? Um, it's all been organic for the most really? part. Initially, um, we just posted about it and then someone else posted about it and another per- person posted <laughs> about it. Have you ever saw those posts where it's like, it costs nothing to promote your friend's business by hitting <laughs> the share button? Yes. And that, you know, that share button definitely really helped us out. Um, and then COVID really helped us out as well because mm. people were sitting in the house and yeah. we had time to kind of cultivate relationships and think about where we wanted to go and build our community during COVID. So that once we came out of COVID, it was like, boom, there was an explosion with everyone Mm -hmm. that wanted to come out of the house and we were ready because we took the entire year to think about it and listen to what they were saying, what they needed, what they wanted. So that once outside was open, we were open. <laughs> I, I know because I mean we all ran outside right. when it was time to be open and being able to commune with each other. Do you guys, if you can't get together physically, do you guys offer any virtual options as well inside yes. the app as well? 
Yes, we do. So we actually um, bought on a virtual ambassador and mm. she's absolutely positively amazing. If you want to see like some good energy, you got to <laughs> come to one of Eleanor's <laughs> events. I absolutely love her energy. But once a month, she do host a virtual event and she's done some cool things. Um, she's done like a virtual nutritionist. She's going to do a DJ, a mixology thing. So for oh. those people that may not be comfortable yet to go outside in the real world, Girl, Eleanor is your girl to hang out with virtually <laughs> and, and go to one of those events. That is so awesome. You know, let's talk more about entrepreneurship and the journey of entrepreneurship. We know it has its ebbs and flows to it. Yeah. What has been maybe some of your best experiences being an entrepreneur? I would say just like I said, the journey and mm. just the overall experience, getting to know everything that I've learned so far, um, relying on people and recognizing that I can't do it all. But yeah. there's someone within my circle that may know how to do it. And um, just the outpouring support where if I go to my group and I say, hey, I'm looking for how do I do A, B or C? They come back to me immediately and either they know how to do it or they can refer me to someone that knows how to do it. And just just a journey of of learning along the way and seeing it evolve. Yeah. Um, some of our groups, like our Las Vegas group, for the longest time, it was just me and two other ladies that came to brunch every single month. <laughs> and now we're to the point where the Vegas group has over 30 people. Oh, and wow. the thing that I learned from that was that, you know, you have to show up for yourself yeah. every single day. Even if nobody else is showing up for you, you have to show up for you because if you don't, nobody else will. And so when those two ladies were showing up with me every month, you know, I could have canceled and said, well, it's not a lot of women there, mm -hmm. but those two women were showing up for me. So that meant I had to show up. Yeah. Um, because you'll find that a lot of people will go into entrepreneurship and they're disappointed because their mom, their sister and their friends didn't buy their product, but yeah. they're not your customer and you can't rely on them. I still have friends and family that have never been to brunch and mm -hmm. that's okay. They're mm -hmm. not my customer, but there are other people out here that are my customer. And as a business person, I had to figure out who that was and market to them and they came through for me. And yeah. those friends and family that have never come to brunch, it's okay. They're not my customer. Yeah. You know, I think that's important. What you said is so important is that as an entrepreneur, you have to understand that your friends and your family are not your customers. You yeah. can't always rely on them. Some of them may support you, but you can't always rely on them to be the ones that's going to show up for you. That it's going to always be those out people outside of your family and close friends yeah. that are going to be the ones that actually show up for you and advocate for you. And you said something else that's very important too as an entrepreneur is, and you guys can tell me this, you can tell me this, when did you knew it was time to hire on a team? Because like you said, as entrepreneurs, we put that hat on, it's like, I could do it all and I'm going to do it all. And I think that's to the detriment to a lot of businesses. And at some point you have to be willing to release the reins. So when did you guys get to that point and you knew it was time to bring in other people? I think that's where we kind of touched into the skills that we already had. So since mm -hmm. I work in HR, I've seen those ebbs and flows where when a business is trying to grow, they beef up staffing 
Mm-hmm. And then what once they've grown, they've leveled out, then what are the first thing they do? They scale back. But yeah. you can't grow if you don't add on to your team because I am only one person. I, I can't yeah. do a million different things. So I think just tapping into my resources and knowledge with knowing how businesses work, that if you want to beef up, I knew that I had a goal of where I wanted to get to and I couldn't get there alone. So we had to bring on staff for me to achieve the next next phase of where I wanted us to go. And we're kind of there again. Um, um, If you think about back then, we actually increased 400% where we went Mm. from 13 groups and only maybe 100 women brunch in a month to 87 groups within Mm -hmm. a year and a half and over a thousand women brunching. And that was because we recognized that if we wanted to get to the next level, it also meant we had to do something we hadn't done before. And that was staffing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so amazing how quickly you guys have grown. And are you still guys at the 21,000 downloads or have you grown since then too? So we are about 24,000 right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's amazing to see the numbers increase every single day. And that's how we know it's time for more staffing. Yeah. Because we have this amazing member base and now we want to start bringing, you know, more experiences to them to show them that there's more to the brand than just your monthly brunch, where now we want to start curating different events that are more of an elevated experience with different sponsors and things like that to show them that there is more to this and that our Black buying power has power. Oh, my God. If we only really knew how much power it has, you know, really took that power forward in order to make demand and different changes, like we would we'll be on a whole different place. <laughs> we're, we're, see, and we're on, we're going to get there. I, I feel like we're going to get there. We're, we're making strides. I do. Where now we, we understand that we have value. Now it's just a matter of continuing to educate people on how valuable you are. Your money is, is valuable, especially when we put it together. How important is it to manage relationships? You know, especially like when you make a new friend. Right. Because mm-hmm. some of us will make a new will meet a new person and we'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna call her. And then we don't. How important you think it is to be able to to stay in that relationship and to manage that relationship? I think it's very important because you, you need people to get mm-hmm. to the next level. You can't get there by yourself. But I'll never say put yourself in a relationship or situation that don't serve you. You know, you have your goals, you have your purpose, and you have to recognize who served you during Mm -hmm. that period of time. And if something doesn't serve you, you have to cut it out because then that becomes a hindrance to you becoming the best version of yourself. But you have to do it in a way where you're still maintaining that relationship because they may not serve you now, but down the road, you could be in a different phase of life where this person could be your next connection of what you need. Um, So relationships are important. People make decisions based on emotion and relationships and Mm -hmm. what they know about you. And so that's why it's important that you're able to build those relationships. Yeah, it's that human connection that's so mm-hmm. important. I don't know. We just can't live without it. It's like yep. we tried it. You know, what's so crazy is that it really showed us that we cannot live without that human connection during COVID. Yeah, because when we had was forced to be isolated and yes. uh, and we're going to want to jump into I'm saying this because I want to jump into the conversation about mental health, you know, and with black women. And because a lot of people came out of that with a, there was a lot of mental health things going on during COVID that really dealt with, that really pushed people to a certain limit. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, now we're thinking about mental health and people are more so inclined to say, hey, I'm, I want to work on my mental health. Do you think being a part of this type of community really helps with a person's mental health, showing them that you're not alone and you're not isolated and that what you go through, other people experience, too? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there people always ask, what do y'all talk about at brunch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions, too. <laughs> And the the conversations at brunch, they're real. And women open up and they talk about different things that they're going through. And to have someone have that vulnerability and talk mm-hmm. about things that they're going through, women also say, oh my gosh, I went through that too. And this is how I survived it. Mm-hmm. And you'll get a lot of people to say, oh, wow, I thought it was just me. Like yeah. I'm not in this alone. Someone else has been through it. And I think that, you know, every time you come to a brunch, you meet someone different and you realize that someone else has went through the same thing as you. It helps you realize it's not just you. You're not crazy. Or on the flip side, um, you hear some stories and you think, "Ooh, my life isn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There, there are people that are going through things that are a lot worse than me. Yeah. And um, it, it's just, it's beneficial on both ends so that you see the good life, the bad life in between. And, you know, you're able to understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, there is. What are some of, so how do the conversations get started? Do you come into the brunch and there is a topic already that's planned, that's going to be talked about with the person who's leading the brunch? Or do conversations just kind of come up organically? They come organically. I Mm -hmm. absolutely positively hate a scripted speaker (laughs) that comes up. Like, I just want to sit down and chill and have fun. And when when you're doing that, you're actually genuinely making connections that you don't realize you're making. Versus Mm -hmm. if you have a speaker that's standing up there just talking to you, you're not really interacting and connecting. Um, So for me, I I don't like a topic. Some of our ambassadors try to go off off the beaten path and they (laughs) want that traditional... Um, event like that, but that's not us. That's yeah. not us. When you go to brunch with your friends, do you have a topic? No, no, you um, don't. <laughs> right. So maybe you have like some key things that happen for you during a week that you yeah. want to be like, girl, let me tell you about this. Yeah. But it's supposed to be natural, you know, just a gen- genuine connection with good women that you're looking to fellowship with. Um, no topics, no topics though. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. So is it at a different location? Do you, do most of the ambassadors try to have it at different locations each time? Or is it like, Hey, this is our favorite spot. Let's continue to go here. Um, they try different places. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that we can go out and try new restaurants. A lot of times we're trying the new restaurant with you for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you may get some good restaurants, you may get some bad restaurants. And of course, we always go back to our favorites. But the the beauty of it is being able to experience something new with people. And you may not have anyone to experience those things with. And that's yeah. where your, your brunch friends come in. At. Yeah, yeah. How hard was it to name the app? How hard was it to come up with Browns? and brunching? Uh, we went back and forth <laughs> for about a month before we launched, um, just playing with different names and trying to figure out what resonated for us. And I can tell you initially, we were we were going like a little generic. Yeah. And finally we said, no, let's be us. 
Like what represents us? And we understood going into it that the name would exclude some people. Mm -hmm. And we were okay with it. Um, I was in corporate America for 20 years. And um, I didn't always feel like I could be myself because I was worried about being able to fit in and worried about how I was going to get my next promotion and things like that. And with this, I didn't care about that. Yeah. I said, this is this represents me where I want to go in life, who I am, and I'm going to be OK with the backlash that we're going to get for it. But this is mine. And yeah. if you don't like it, you don't have to be a part of it. You know, there's just freedom when you're able to be authentically yourself with no apologies. There's freedom in that. It really yeah. is. And like you said, going into this, she's like, you know what? I know we're going to exclude some people and that's OK, mm-hmm. you know, but we know what we're doing this for and we yeah. know who we're doing this for. And we're going to stick to that and we're going to run with it. And I think that's beautiful. When did you make the transition and how hard was it to make that transition from full time to full time entrepreneur? I actually wasn't given a choice. So I <laughs> lost my job back oh, in November. Okay. And, you know, definitely interesting circumstances behind yeah. that. But coming out of it, um, my just thinking about what do I do next? I've been doing this for 20 years and mm-hmm. I've been unhappy doing it for 20 years. We have this brunch thing on the side. And if we've been able to experience this growth and I've only been doing it part time, what mm-hmm. could this become if I gave it my all and I decided to finally bet on me? Yeah. So coming out of that last job relationship, <laughs> I decided that I was going to bet on me. And that I wasn't going to go back into another corporate environment where I was betting on someone else's dream. I wanted to finally live out my dream. And what's the worst that could happen? I go get another job, right? Um, Plain but and simple. The house, the house always win. I'm in mm-hmm. Vegas. The casinos have proven <laughs> that, that. The house always win. And I've decided that I am going to win by betting on me. Mm. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs adopt that same attitude is better on yourself. And I think it's such a fear in people who have nine to five, such a fear to let go of that nine to five because you feel like, oh, I'm letting go of this security. But when you think about, like you said, what happened to you, it can be taken away from you at any moment. And, it, and it's not, it's not security. So it's not, it's a false security. That, you know, having that nine to five job is your security. Mm-hmm. But that's not the real security because the moment that you don't fit in or you don't conform to what yeah. they want you to conform to or the moment that they're having issues within their industry, you're going to get cut. Not yeah. them. What yeah. is security is knowing that every single day when I wake up and I show up for myself, I'm going to eat. And if I decide that I'm not going to wake up today and show up for myself, I'm not going to eat. But that's the real security in knowing that I control now either my success or my failure. And I wish that more people would understand that, sure, you have a consistent paycheck when you're doing that nine to five. But if you show up consistently for yourself, Mm -hmm. then you will have guaranteed income that you control with no caps on it. You have these jobs where you're getting a three to five percent increase if someone likes you. Yeah. But when yeah. you're an entrepreneur, you can say, I'm going to give myself a 50 percent in- increase mm-hmm. next year because this is what I'm going to do to get it. And you don't have that control when you're working for someone else. Yeah. You don't have to worry about negotiating and sitting exactly. down with your boss and talking and about how can I get a new raise? Or how can I get promoted? And <laughs> Yes. 
it's it's a lot of joy in that it really is you know I want to just touch on let's talk about your relationship with your co-founder because you guys are besties and you decided to start this because did you guys move were you guys ever in the same city where you guys live close to each other and then all of a sudden you moved and we're like girl you don't got no friends and I don't either let's start something Yeah, that, that's exactly how that went. I lived in Richmond for, what, 34 years before mm-hmm. I moved away. Okay. And I moved away to Pittsburgh. And that was the first time that I'd moved away from my support system, my family, mm. my friends, everything that was familiar to me. Yeah. And I was miserable. And it was it was a rough it was a rough time for me just acclimating to a new city and I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a lot of the backstory of the why. Um, yeah. I realized that she didn't have friends outside of me and I didn't have friends outside of her that were people that we could call on to go try out new things. And, yeah. you know, just, just being able to live daily life. And if you have like 20 friends, then <laughs> call 20 different people. And it doesn't matter if someone doesn't have a babysitter or they have to work late because yeah. you have options. And have I realized options. I needed options. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you this. Working together as business partners, have the friendship been tested a few times? There's been a little like, I don't agree with this because I even know what me and my friends, we sometimes like, listen, I don't want to do this, girl. OK, let's do this over here. <laughs> Has there been a little ups and downs in the friendship? Every day, every day. <laughs> so we, our personalities are beyond different. Where I am like the creative person with uh-huh. a lot of things that I'm just gonna throw out on the table, and she's more where she needs time to process and think <laughs> through and understand like every single step of the process. And I'm like, nope, we're gonna get the Z. And she's like, well, how? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's just start. And we're going to figure <laughs> out how we're going to get to Z. Um, but I think just recognizing, I think it's helped us grow as people to recognize mm. that, you know, people have different perspectives and you have to be mindful that your opinion isn't always right. Yeah. And that sometimes someone else's perspective could be a good one, but you have to be open and willing to do it. Um, but for me, working in HR, I've always had to separate um, you know, we can go out me and we can party until 3 a.m. But guess what? At eight o'clock in the morning, you still got to come to work. <laughs> so, so just recognizing, you know, that there's our friendship relationship, mm-hmm. but then there's also our business relationship. And we can have that riff within the business side and then say, OK, girl, let's go. Let's go out like, all right, business closed up. And now we're going back to being friends. Yeah. And, and that never even happened. But tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., it comes back and continue <laughs> to work through that. Um, but that takes a mature person to be able to separate the two and recognize that it's not personal. We're talking about your livelihood. We're talking about your finances. We're talking about your credit. It ain't personal. Mm-hmm. But when we go out for the drink, we can be personal. <laughs> exactly. Is there any other business ideas in the work between you and your partner that you say, okay, we're doing Brown Skin Brunch and now it's going well. Eventually we're going to phase off to this over here. Is there, is there a, an idea of like, hey, maybe one day we'll sell this and then we'll do this or we'll always keep this. Well, here we are building up something else too. So I think... Um, for selling, we don't want to sell. We, we yeah. absolutely love what we build. And we both have young daughters that could mm-hmm. eventually take over the reins. Oh, yeah. So that, that would be amazing for them to be able to continue on my legacy and her mm-hmm. legacy for years to come. 
where, you know, it is passed down from generation to generation. That's yes. for us. Um, me personally, um, since I have like all of the time in the world now, <laughs> I've I actually done a few other things. Mm. One of the challenges that I found was that we didn't have a, an event space for us to get together. We wanted to do some of those fun things. Mm-hmm. So here in Vegas, I actually just opened up a content studio and it's called Lily's Content Studio. Oh, cool host like different events there where we've hosted a paint party. We've hosted a, a, um, a candle pour and sip. Um, so just being able to continue to build on what we have to find more resources to help the group grow. And whether that's me and her doing it jointly or separately, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always thinking about different, different ventures. That's really awesome. Do you think you see yourself maybe one day, maybe investing in other, black owned tech companies and helping them being that you're going to have so much knowledge. You have so much knowledge and now you're going to grow and scale into this huge organization, making all these millions of dollars. You're just going to go ahead and manifest that and, you know, and manifest that right now. Do you think eventually you see yourself saying, Hey, you know what? I want to start giving back and I want to help other companies move up and give them some of our expertise. Absolutely. I actually get a lot of women that reach out to me regularly that are mm-hmm. asking for tips on how to build communities or how to do this and how, you know, we, we get a lot of people to reach out to us. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the times I have to decline the meetings yeah. just because, you know, I'm already spread too thin, but ultimately it would be amazing um, to be able to do that. For me, I want to start before you even become a tech founder, um, yeah. higher education. Um, Melissa and I both struggle with being the very first generation going to college and coming mm-hmm. out of college with all of that debt. So for us, it would be important to invest in our young Black women, you know, that are trying to go to college, that mm-hmm. may be a mom that don't don't know what to do next. It took me yeah. 10 years to graduate. Mm-hmm. And it's okay because I yep. graduated. The same for Melissa. She didn't go back to school until later in life when she was already a, a mom with two children working a full-time job. So just being able to catch those young ladies ahead of time to be able to say, here, here's the financing you need to be able to finish your education and not have to worry about if you're going to have a hold on your record because you pay your bill this semester. Um, So that would be our first avenue to want to give back. And then down the road to maybe still invest in those same women that graduate from college or maybe decide the college isn't for them to help pour into them and show them another avenue. Yeah, I, I think that's important. I'm also a woman that went back years later and finish my degree as well. So I understand the value in that and finding ways to help people to know that they still have options and that it's never too late you know, to go after what you want. Um, This has been a really great conversation, Lily. I really do appreciate this, Lillian. I've learned a lot. I can't wait to get involved with Brown Skin Brunch. And I mean, I can't wait. I'm going over to the DC page. I'm going to download the app and I'm going to sign up and I'm going to participate. So you're going to start seeing me pop up in some of the the photos. So don't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to get involved with it. This has been an awesome show. Before we end the show, I ask every um, person that comes on, what is some of the best advice you receive from another? Another woman. Ah. <laughs> it makes people think. It does. Um, I'll go back to um, this isn't completely entrepreneurship mm-hmm. based, um, but I think it applies in life in general. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. 
I had just had my daughter Mm -hmm. and she overheard me talking about the baby crying and how I had to be up all night feeding the baby, changing the baby. (laughs) And then I still had to get up and go to work. um, And the dad didn't do anything. right. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, honey, you are just going to have to give that baby to the daddy and let the baby cry. And eventually he will figure it out. He's not going to do everything the way you want him to do it, but he's going to do it the way that he know how. And eventually he's going to get better. Mm -hmm. And I think that translates to anything in life in that we have to trust other people to be able to help us. They may only be able to do it 70% of the way you want them to do it. But wouldn't you rather have five people helping you out at 70% than you trying to figure out how to do 100% by yourself? Yes, yes. That, That was awesome. That really was because it does translate to that. So I thank you for that because I, I received that one. I receive it. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been an awesome show, guys. Um, thank you so much for watching and listening. This is the Girl Techno Podcast. I am Shawnee Sanders, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Girl Techno Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, tag Girl Techno Podcast in your stories, and you will get a shout out in our next episode. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.